Welcome to the addendum, a thing added. On this podcast, Pastor Eric Williams will add to, clarify, and supplement the most recent teachings at Fellowship Renewed Church. 1 Corinthians 10, 1-4 For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses, in the cloud, and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. All right, there's a particular uh, interpretive issue here that I wanted to address in our time today. And that is that there was a an interpretive method used by Jews in the first century. And they spiritualized a particular concept here that the rock was somehow the, the rock that that Moses struck and the water came out that the rock was somehow in some way uh, following them through the desert, whether that be literally in a mystical fashion or whether that be metaphorically that God was following them uh, in the rock uh, is, is an issue when it comes to the way that Paul was understanding this. Was, was Paul of the mindset of the Jews of the first century, that there was a mystical aspect to uh, this idea that God was um, uh, imbuing, in a sense, this rock with some kind of mystical power, that the rock was actually following them. And Paul is picking up on this idea and saying that mystical rock that was following them in the wilderness was actually Jesus following them. Is that what's being said? And um, if it is what's being said, that that has a lot to say about Paul's interpretive method for the Old Testament. And of course, I'm going to argue that Paul was not interpreting the Old Testament this way. I do not believe that Paul was using this mystical, interpretive, allegorical, uh, interpretive method for the Old Testament. So how should we understand it then? What is this rock that was following them? And how should we how should we wrap our minds around that idea? I think within the context, we we did a good job at at getting the point of the text across yesterday, but there were a lot of nuances about this text that we just weren't able to touch on. And this is one of them, and I think it's an important idea because scripture has more to say about this idea, okay? Um they drank from the spiritual rock, and that rock is Christ, is Jesus. And the rock that followed them was Jesus. What does that mean? And uh, what did Paul mean by this? And was he interpreting the Old Testament um, in a way that we don't interpret the Old Testament today? So those are some of the issues that we need to kind of grapple with in the situation. Uh, A a lot of understanding can come from the Song of Moses. Now, I I referenced the Song of Moses yesterday in our time together. So Moses is about to die. 
it, so the wilderness wanderings are are coming to an end, and the people are so the the younger generation uh, has has aged, and they have come of age, and now they are about to go and take possession of the land of Canaan, because we remember that due to the grumblings of the people in the wilderness wanderings, they were not able to go into the land of promise. And Moses was not able to go into the land of promise either. And that was from a different sort of rebellion, which we did cover yesterday. Now, when Moses is about to die, God wants Moses to sing a song to the people. And I want to read a few passages from that. And you can find this beginning in Deuteronomy 31, but then through chapter 32. Okay, so the, the first reference I'm going to read is Deuteronomy 31, beginning in verse 19, and it says, Now therefore, write this song and teach it to the people of Israel. Put it in their mouths, that this song may be a witness for me against the people. For when I have brought them into the land, flowing with milk and honey, which I swore to give to their fathers, and they have eaten and are full and grown fat, They will turn to other gods and serve them, and despise me and break my covenant. God knows this is going to happen. All right, picking him back up in verse 21. And when many evils and troubles have come upon them, this song shall confront them as a witness. For it will live unforgotten in the mouths of their offspring. For I know what they are inclined to do even today before I have brought them into the land that I swore to give. So Moses wrote this song the same day and he taught it to the people of Israel. Okay, so we know the purpose of the song. We know the intention of the song. And what does this have to do with the rock following them and that it's Jesus? I promise there's a connection here. Okay, Um, so Moses is singing a song to the people and the purpose of the song is to confront rebellious Israel, idolatrous Israel, because they're about to go into the land of promise. And God knows already, he knows that the people are going to rebel against him. They're going to serve foreign gods. They're going to indulge in sexual immorality and and idolatry and all these different things. God knows that. And so he wants Moses to teach the people a song. And as as the people of Israel grow, and, and particularly the young people will remember this song and they'll just sing it and the people will hear the song and it will confront them. Okay. That's God's intention with this song. So here I have uh, four, uh, uh, four example passages from the song. The song is very long. Okay. Uh, Here's a few example passages from that song. And I'm picking these for a reason because they relate to the rock. Okay. Deuteronomy 32, four and five, the rock His work is perfect. All his ways are justice. A God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright, is he. They have dealt corruptly with him. They are no longer his children because they are blemished. They are a crooked and twisted generation. Now remember, this is being written before the people go into the land. Okay, And the people are going to learn the song before they go into the land all right uh but what is it how does it start the rock his work is perfect so the rock is who who is the rock who do they already know the rock is so uh moving back to the beginning of the wilderness wanderings how did god provide life for the people through water 
And how did that water come? Through the rock. And so this connection made between the God of provision and the rock of the wilderness. And he continues to be their source, their supply. And so he is known as the rock, the provider. So the rock, who is that? It's God. They know the rock is God. Okay. Deuteronomy 32, 15 through 18. But Jeshurun grew fat. Jeshurun is is a uh, kind of a, a loving name or a nickname um, for for Israel. But Jeshurun grew fat and kicked, and you and you grew fat, stout and sleek. Then he forsook God who made him and scoffed at the rock of his salvation. They stirred him to jealousy with strange gods, with abominations. They provoked him to anger. They sacrificed to demons that were no gods, to gods they had never known, to new gods that had come recently, whom your fathers had never dreaded. You were unmindful of the rock that bore you, and you forgot the God who gave you birth. So right there at the end, verse 18. Now the rock of the salvation is is in verse 15, but then we have another use of it in verse 18. And there is a uh, synonymous parallelism that gives the imagery, the metaphorical imagery, but then the reality uh, next to it. Okay, You were unmindful of the rock that bore you. That's one way to say it metaphorically. You were unmindful of the rock that bore you. Uh, the more literal way to say that is, you forgot the God who gave you birth. Okay, so who is that rock? It is God himself. Deuteronomy 32, 28 through 31. They are a nation void of counsel. Remember, this is a song, okay? This is a song that Moses was teaching the people, and they had to learn it, and they had to sing it, okay? They are a nation void of counsel, and there is no understanding in them. If they were wise, they would understand this. They would discern their latter end. How could one have chased a thousand and two have put 10,000 to flight unless their rock had sold them and the Lord had given them up? You see the connection? Lord, of course, being Yahweh there, right? Unless their rock had sold them and Yahweh given them up. Two ways to say the same thing. For their rock is not as our rock. Our enemies are by themselves. Okay, so the enemies have a rock, but their rock is very unlike our rock. Their rock does not actually give life and provision, whereas our rock does. Okay, and then the last one, Deuteronomy 32, 37 through 39. Then he will say, Where are their gods, the rock in which they took refuge? Who ate the fat of their sacrifices and drank the wine of their drink offering? Let them rise up and help you. Let them be your protection. See now that I, even I, am he, and there is no God beside me. I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal. There is none that can deliver out of my hand. Okay, so God is making himself known as the rock, but he's saying you had another rock in which you took refuge, and you offered sacrifices to them, drink offerings to them, and he's saying, so let that rock rise up and be your protection and be your help. And so you see, that's what the rock does. The rock is the salvation, the rock is protector, the rock is provider, the rock is provision, the rock is life. The rock is Yahweh himself, the true rock. Okay, so the provision of God in the wilderness um, at this point becomes a continual reminder 
of the strong character of God, the weak character of the people, the fact that the people need provision, the people need protection. They need a rock, and they trust in another rock, which they think can protect them, provide for them. But there is a true rock who can actually protect them and provide for them. And they constantly are being pulled away. Their focus is being put on the rock that is no rock, the provider that is no provider. And God is calling them back. He's bearing witness to them that he is the true rock who followed them through the wilderness and constantly was their provision. How did he do that? Well, with water, with manna, uh, he was constantly providing for the people. And so this becomes a biblical theme. You can see it in a couple of places, uh, in the Psalms in particular, but also Isaiah 48, 21. They did not thirst when he led them through the desert. He made water to flow for them from the rock. He split the rock and the water gushed out. That's Isaiah 21, recalling this event. He is the provider. And what were the people doing in Isaiah 48? They had betrayed him, and they had betrayed him to such an extent that they were now being overtaken by the Babylonians, and they were being led into Babylonian captivity. This is also a theme in, in uh, excuse me, Psalm seventy-eight. Uh, you could read that whole psalm; it's 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 somewhat long, uh, but uh, a couple of verses from Psalm seventy-eight. It says. Uh, in verse 15, he split the rock in the wilderness. He gave them drink abundantly as from the deep. Verse 16, he made streams come out of the rock and caused water to flow down like rivers. Verse 20, he struck the rock so that water gushed out. Streams overflowed. Can he also give bread or provide meat for his people? And the answer to that is, well, certainly. Verse uh, 35, they remembered that God was their rock and the most high was their redeemer. Again, there's that parallelism, okay? And it's called synonymous parallelism because you say it one way, then you say it another way. And most often it's a, it's a metaphorical sense followed by a more literal sense, all right? They remembered that God was their rock and the Most High was their Redeemer. The rock is the Redeemer. That should make a connection for us. The rock is the Redeemer. Psalm 81, 16 uh, but he would feed you with the finest of wheat, with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. Psalm 105.41, he opened the rock, water gushed out, it flowed through the desert like a river. Psalm 114.8, who turns the rock into a pool of water, the flint into a spring of water. The reason I'm reading these is because I want us all to see that this idea of God being the provision, it is symbolized in this one event. Um, it is symbolized in this in this event where God supplied water for the people. He supplied life for them. He supplied manna in the wilderness. He was their provision. He was their rock, and he was constantly with them. He followed them through the wilderness. And who is that rock that followed them? Paul tells us exactly. It is Christ. He was the one following them. Who is our Redeemer today? It is Christ. Who is going to constantly be our provision in our wilderness wanderings? And so you have to make that connection. Okay, just as the people were pulled out of exile or uh, in, in slavery, I should say, in Egypt, they were, they were redeemed. And as a redeemed community, they were baptized. And then that baptized, redeemed community was now walking in the wilderness until they reached their destination. So where do we find ourselves in that parallel? We have been redeemed. 
we have been baptized, brought into the community, and we are now in the wilderness wanderings. We are now waiting until we arrive at our inheritance. That inheritance, of course, is eternal life with God forever. We've not arrived there yet. So we are in our wilderness wanderings. Christ is here with us, following us, providing for us, satisfying us. Um, uh, we have been baptized. Our, our baptism indicates our redemption, right? And then also we have the Lord's Supper that is a continual reminder to us that God is our rock. He is satisfying us. He is providing for us. And so we need to have this on our minds. Uh, we need to constantly be mindful of of the fact that Christ is here now following us, being our provision. And what should we do? Uh, we should be mindful of all that happened in the wilderness. That we should let them serve as examples for us. Why? So that we might not desire evil as they did and forsake the rock. Thank you for joining us on the Addendum Podcast. For more information about Fellowship Renewed Church, visit frcsparta.com. Please join us for next week's episode.